Yo, welcome back to another episode of the Talking with Jet podcast. I'm so glad that you chose to click on this podcast today. We are back. We are doing it. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Uh, There's a lot that's changed since we've last spoken. Um, I've done a lot of visual content on my Instagram at Jalen Jet Turner, J-A-L-E-N for my name. Um, I've done a lot of visual content for the first time ever this year. And that's been an amazing journey because it taught me obedience. It taught me consistency. It taught me how to be confident and how to use my voice. And also it taught me how to be intimate with God um, and to seek his face. It really taught me to come closer to him and to ask him, God, what do you want to share with your people? Because I don't believe that I have all the wisdom in the world. I'm not the smartest person out there. I'm not the most biblically sound person out there. I'm just a person just like anybody else who simply loves Jesus and and really wants people to know that he is that great, that he's not just uh, claiming to be something that he's not. And I've seen him be everything in my life that I ever needed him to be. I've seen him take my life um, from the ground, uh, from the ruins, and create something beautiful out of it. And this, I got to see this process with him as I started to trust him and start to seek him. Um, I got interested about God and who he was, and I started to really seek him every single day. Um, It started when I was young. I always had my family who were Christian and worshiping God and keeping me in church, um, teaching me how to pray. So from a young age, I was talking to Jesus, praying to him, and and I would even pray for certain things and see like results immediately. And it was like God showing himself to me like I am real. So I never really had a doubt on if he was real growing up, which was a blessing. Um, I always knew that he was real and that he listened. Uh, There were specific prayers that I had prayed. I remember when I was five years old, I prayed something. Um, that God would fix my TV. <laughs> this is a quick testimony. Um, I, I basically, you remember those rattlesnake eggs? You know, those little magnets that you throw them up in the air and they, they sink up together and they make a sound and then you catch them and you do it again. So they're, they're very strong magnets, obviously, to be able to do something like that. So I was walking around my room, you know, I'm putting them on my metal bunk bed and I'm rolling them all around and I'm playing with these magnets, right? So then I go up to my TV and I take these rattlesnake eggs and I put it on the glass of my TV. Now, this is one of those box TVs. You know, it's a big old clunky TV in my room. And as I put them on the TV, if, if you understand how uh, electricity works and technology works, magnets don't need to go on TV or anything electric. It's going to completely destroy everything within it. So I put these magnets on the TV and I'm rubbing them all around and I'm seeing colors and distortion and all this crazy funky stuff going on. And I remember I was watching Happy Feet um, and I was like, yeah, this is crazy. Okay, maybe I wasn't five if it was Happy Feet. Maybe I was like eight. I don't know. Anyways, we'll, we'll figure out the timestamps later. But I was wa- I was rubbing these rattlesnake eggs all around and these colors are happening and it's, it's totally destroying my TV. And then next thing you know, I realized what did I just do? <laughs> and so I turned off the TV, I turned it back on, same colors, same distortion, just the fuzziest, craziest TV I've ever seen at this point. And I go down and tell my mom, I'm like, hey, I, I come see my TV, I don't know what to do. I keep turning it off, turning it back on, because obviously that's how you fix anything in life. You just turn it off and turn it back on. Didn't work. So my mom, basically understanding how magnets work as well, was like, you're in big trouble, you broke your TV, wait till your dad gets home. She gave me the whole mother spiel. I'm sitting on the stairs. I'm crying. I'm like, wow, what a fool. I can't believe I did that. You know, I'm having this, I'm having this moment with myself. I'm down. So I'm having this moment 
And uh, I remember praying. And I just asked Jesus. I said, Jesus, will you please fix my TV? I'll never do it again. You know, you give him one of those prayers. I'm praying. I'm like, Jesus, please, will you help me out? I don't know what to do. Will you fix my TV? And I remember just having this faith of just praying uh, boldly that he would fix my TV. Um, which honestly, I look back at now as an adult, and I think it's powerful because, you know, when, when Jesus, when God talks about, um, when Jesus talks about entering the kingdom or, or coming to him, he, he always uses the, the reference of a child, like come, come like a child, um, you know, and I think about the innocence and the imagination that a child has before their faith is jaded, before they go through life and they get disappointed, before they see things not happening for other people, and then take that on as their portion as well and say, well, God can't do that for my life as well. And I think when I was younger, I would pray these bold prayers. And, and it also talks about the faith the size of a mustard seed. If you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could look to this mountain and, you know, be lift, say, be lifted up and cast into the sea. And, and what he's saying is that's, that's your faith. That's a spiritual representation. If you move a physical mountain in this world, that's going to be incredible. But I really believe that it is um, a spiritual representation. That's what he's talking about. Anything that you are going through, anything that you're believing for, all you need is the faith the size of a mustard seed to do something like this. So back to my story, I'm, I'm praying this prayer. And afterwards, I just feel like I need to go turn the TV back on. I remember going upstairs and I still see it vividly in my head. It's as if it was a dream. It's just stained in my mind forever. I go up and I turn my TV on. And when it comes on, it comes on brighter than usual. And then it settles into its normal brightness and the TV is completely fixed. There was nothing wrong with it. To this day, we have that TV at our house in storage somewhere in one of the deep, dark closets in the basement. But the thing is, he fixed that TV. My mom is my witness. She saw the TV. It was broken. It was purple and green and fuzzy. And then the TV was fine. You know, I don't know why Jesus chose to answer my prayer. I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know why he chose to fix my TV specifically, but he did. And that gave me faith for my life to keep praying, to keep asking and to keep believing that he could actually do things like that. So fast forward to getting older and walking out my life with him. I, w I went to youth group in middle school and high school, always had a great church community. And when I took the step to move to Los Angeles, my faith had to truly be activated. Like I needed to really depend on him to really pray the prayers and to expect him to show up. Um, I needed to really follow his will for my life and not my own will for my life. So life changed a lot and this caused me to seek his face. And so I'm calling this episode FaceTime because what God was showing me the other day is a lot of us pray, a lot of us believe in God, but a lot of us don't have FaceTime with God. A lot of us don't really interact with him and turn to him and seek his face and, and be intimate with him. And the thing is, he's given us that access uh, through Jesus. Because of Jesus, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And if we go through Jesus, we can get to the Father. And we're not just using Jesus to get to the Father. The thing is, Jesus is an extension of the Father. He's an extension of the Father's love. Uh, he is the Son. He is also the name above all names. He's the King of kings. He is the one who was exalted to the place of highest honor. Uh, Jesus is that, he's that best friend that we get to have in this life. And he's because of what he did, he came down and was a sacrifice and was a sacrifice in our place. He took on all of the burdens, all of the shame, all of the sin, because without him doing that, we never had access to the Father. We never had access to the one who is holy. We never had access to really understand him, to learn him, to seek his face truly like that. There was always a barrier because evil and sin is going to keep us from God. And that's why even Christians right now, a lot of times when we sin and we are dwelling in this evil, we feel distant from God. That's because that sin can't be with him. 
And, and, and that's also how he forgives you so quickly because God is pure and holy. God doesn't even want to dwell on your sin. He cast it into the sea of forgetfulness. He says, I even I blot out your transgressions for my own sake. I don't even want to think about your sin. I just want to think about you being my child. That's how he feels about you. And so we have Jesus who is just, he's our sacrifice. He's the king of kings. He also is the author and the finisher of our faith. Uh, so we look to Jesus to understand how to live this life humanly and how to access him spiritually and how to walk out this life spiritually. So Jesus is uh, Jesus is that brother and that friend for us. Um, and God is our father. And so you have God as your father. And a lot of times people just pray like God is so distant. You know, God, can you hear me? Uh, God, I just pray that you would do this. Pray that you would do that. Hopefully I'll see a sign and see you show up somehow. Uh, but God is not like that. He's so intimate. Um, and the thing is also, Jesus was praying when he was down here, when Jesus was leaving, he was getting ready to go to the cross and then to go back home to heaven. Um, one thing that he prayed, I believe in John 17, was, Father, send the helper. Like, send the helper. Like, Jesus talked about being one with the Father. And he said, send the helper um, for when he leaves, because he knew that we would need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is that touch of heaven within you. It's a deposit of what's to come. It's a seed of glory. And it's a way that you can access God intimately here in the flesh physically. It's a beautiful thing. And so you see when people are getting baptized or when people are getting saved or when people are coming to Jesus, uh, they, they can get filled with the Holy Spirit. You ask to be filled with the Holy Spirit and he dwells within you. So now you have the Holy Spirit within you, and that's like a bridge of communication to heaven. That's a way that you can access God and Jesus intimately right here. That's that gut feeling. That's that way that God communicates with us and walks with us here on this earth. It's a beautiful and powerful thing, and that is an open invitation. God doesn't just use the Holy Spirit or, or give himself to just certain people. It's a free invitation. A lot of times we keep ourselves away from it because of our sin and our shame. A lot of times we don't think that we're worthy of receiving him. We don't think that we're worthy of speaking with him. And that's not the case at all. And the beauty of God wanting to walk with us is he knocks on our hearts. He wants to speak to us. He reaches out through people. He reaches out through signs because he tries to get our attention. You can have FaceTime with God today. FaceTime, intimacy, not just a drive-by prayer, as I like to say. Not just, hey God, how you doing? Uh, appreciate everything. Thanks for keeping me safe. Thanks for, thanks for providing. I pray that you'll continue to do this. Keep me safe today. All right, see ya. And then you leave. No. Sit in his presence. Invite him in. And you know why you don't do it sometimes? is because you don't actually think that he will come. You don't think that he will actually enter. You don't think that he will actually send his peace and his presence to you. You think he's too distant, he's too far, you're too unworthy. And so you don't seek him a certain way because you don't actually expect him to come. You don't actually expect him to meet you. And so you have to have an expectation when you meet with God. Back to my story about being in LA, it was really 2018 when I got serious about God. It was a very spiritual year. I was seeing a lot of spiritual things happen. Uh, I, I had a couple of spiritual encounters um, and not always good ones. Like I saw the demonic. I saw the, the devil and the evil running rampant in ways that I had never seen before. I was feeling these things and, and being around these things in my in my workspaces and just seeing the heightened spiritual activity showed me something because when I would pray, 
and that would activate my, my prayer because out of fear, I'd be like, all right, what's going on? So I would pray, but I would always see Jesus completely take over the situation. And I just knew that there's no spirit that rules against him. Just like the word of God says, I got to see that he would destroy the enemy right before my face, just like the word of God says. And I'll tell you more about that testimony another day, but that inspired me to get real about it. That made me say, wow, nothing matters because we're so in this physical world and we're so walking around just doing whatever we see and and focused on whatever we see that we don't realize the spiritual reality that God is actually real, that he really does love us, that he is who he says he is. And so all the things I had heard in the Bible and I knew to be truth, it became truth in my heart as well. I didn't just know it to be truth or expect it to be truth or think it was truth. It became truth in my heart. It became roots within me because I started to actually test that. I got to see that Jesus was the name above all names because if I would experience an attack or if I would experience something that was seeming demonic, I would say in the name of Jesus, you have no place here. And I would put that name on it. And every single time the room would change, I would feel this crazy peace that I've never felt before. And God says in Isaiah 26 and 3, it says, Uh, He will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. That's one verse. And then it says that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I believe that's uh, Philippians 4. And another verse that helps me out a lot is, uh, I believe it's John 14 and 27. It's when Jesus tells us, I I keep saying I believe. I've read the Bible, but I don't don't remember all the all the timestamps, if you want to say it, all the exact all the exact verse locations. Um, But John 14 and 27, uh, Jesus says, uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, but I don't give as the world gives. That tells me there's a peace that I can find in the world, but it's going to be insufficient to some of my problems because there's a peace that Jesus gives me that is outer worldly. They can get me through situations in a different way. And so I started to cling to that. I started to wake up hungry to know God. I I tell my friends all the time, I am no better than you. You see me and you hear me. And it sounds like this guy just is, he's way farther than me. He knows God way more than me. He's this, he's that. And then it honestly discourages people because they think I can't know God like that. Or why don't I know God like that? I'm telling you right now, the father draws our hearts He drew my heart, but I answered and then I seeked his face. That is the difference. I started waking up in the morning at 6.30 a.m. with a journal. I bought a journal and said, God, I want to hear from you. And I would make time and space. And in that space, God would always show up. And sometimes he would show up, but quiet. And so I would think, oh, I'm not hearing from God today. I'm not feeling anything today. I don't know what it is. I was trying to figure out the formula of God. But the thing is, there's sometimes when when you love someone and you're cool with someone, you can just sit in the same room with them and say nothing. God was always there. He was just showing me that I don't need to hear a word every single day. I don't need to hear some prophetic word or see a vision or feel chills while worshiping to know that he's with me and loves me. He was showing me that he was he was helping me develop the knowing that he is with me no matter what, even when I don't feel it. Because there's going to be times in your life where you don't feel like he's with you, and then you're going to think he's not with me, but you can't rely on a feeling. You have to rely on truth. God is never far. David had this revelation um, in his sin, in his anger, in his sadness. He's writing in the Psalms, and he was just convinced, like, even if I made my bed in hell, you'd be there. He had this revelation that no matter where he ran, no matter what he did, God was always somehow there. And I love that revelation because it's the truth. 
in my darkest moments, in my, in my moments where I feel like I strayed from him the most, in my moments where I feel like I ignored him the most, the second I would just be like, hey, Jesus, I would just feel his presence immediately. And I'm like, and I would just ask him all the time, why? <laughs> like, why do you make yourself so available? Why are you so close to us? Like, why do you love me? And I remember specifically one day feeling very down and, um, and also feeling like I just wasn't walking with him like I should be. And I asked God this question. I said, God, why do you still listen to me? And so quickly I heard a response. It's just like, and when you hear God's voice, it comes to people in many different ways. It's not like some audible booming voice every time or something. You hear it in your heart. You hear it in your mind. It almost feels like a fluid thought that comes through that can't be interrupted. It just takes place. It takes hold of your whole mind. And that's how God communicates with you through the Holy Spirit. Immediately after I say, God, why do you still listen to me? He said, because you listen to me. Immediately. And it shook me up the whole day. He values intimacy. He values our obedience. He values the fact that we even care to have relationship with him. It's not a complicated thing. God loves you so much. And even as I'm talking to you and wrapping this point up right now and wrapping up this podcast, I see this same vision I always see when I read the story of the prodigal son, the one who ran off and spent his inheritance and lived for the world and then found himself in a pig's pen. Even though he was a child of royalty, he found himself so low and he and he demoted himself to come back to his father's house. He's like, you know, I'll go back to my father's house and I'll go back to my father's house and just be his servant. I just need to go home. I have nothing out here. Like, I can't even believe I found myself out here. And I just see this picture every time of him, like, coming through this valley. And you see this house. You see the father waiting for him. And I always see the father with, like, this giant, joyous smile with his arms stretched all the way out. Just so excited that his son is coming back. And I see this mighty embrace between them. And then you have the son who tries to tell the father, you know, something similar like I did. Like, why do you still listen to me? But if I am going to come back, I've, I've said things to him like, there's been so many times where I've just told him, you know, just use me, God, use me for your glory. I don't even care about, you know, any, if I get anything or if I am anything and, you know, just use me because I knew that he was so good that if I'm going to be on this earth, even if I don't deserve anything or even if I feel unworthy, I just want people to know that he's real. I want people to know that he's real and have the chance to treat him better than I do because he truly is deserving of it and he's so loving. I'm like, if I'm not being the best servant, let me just at least serve you as best I can so other people can. <laughs> I've tried the whole thing so many times and God never settles for that. He wants intimacy with you. He wants FaceTime. God wants FaceTime with you. How do I have FaceTime with God? You are asking. This is how. Make space. When you're on a phone call, you can be busy. No one's seeing your face. So you don't feel bad if you're not listening fully because they can't see you. So you can go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah. And you can do and you can do all your errands still and ignore the person a little bit. It's easy. But when you're on FaceTime, you have to stop what you're doing. You have to look the person in the eye. And, and even if you're cooking or if you're driving and you're on FaceTime, which don't drive on FaceTime, people, thank you. But even if you're doing these things on FaceTime, you still have to glance over and look that person in the eye. And that's the thing about FaceTime. With God, you can keep praying as if he's distant. You can keep giving him drive-by prayers. Or you can sit and say, Father, speak to me today. Father, what do you want me to learn today? How can I get closer with you today and have the expectation that he's listening and open yourself up to listening, open yourself up to the outlets that he might use to speak to you and watch how it changes your life.
God is so near. He's so loving. And God is trustworthy. You can trust him. You can trust God with everything. Trust him with your most anxious thoughts. Trust him with your depression. Trust him with your addiction. Because you're trusting the source and the solution. You're not just trusting anybody. You're not trusting some random person. You're trusting the source. God has you. He has you. And he desires to deliver you. He's already given us that antidote in Jesus. He's given us uh, healing in Jesus and through Jesus, deliverance through Jesus, through that name. Call out on the name of Jesus. Ask for Jesus. Um, and you'll be delivered. You'll be healed. You'll be fulfilled. Um, ask for the Holy Spirit. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Ask for deeper levels with God. Ask for him to test you. There are so many levels with God that you will find out through FaceTime. So many levels. I had no clue the amount of things that you can learn or receive from God until I would seek him every single day. It's just like a friend. You might know them, but do you know them? And so if anything, if anything, if you look at these pastors, if you look at preachers or teachers, or if you look at me, you think, man, look at how far he is. No, I just know him. I really know him. I have no doubt in my mind about him because he is more real to me than the people I see in this world. I have heard from him and felt his presence more times than I can explain. I have been I have been wowed by the times where he has told me something and it's actually happened. So I'm like, oh, that was the voice of God. That wasn't just me being crazy. He's realer than anything I see. And I want everybody to know about it. Shout out to Jesus. Shout out to God. Shout out to everybody listening on this podcast. I hope this blessed you and touched you. We're bringing back the consistency. I, I pray that you are having an amazing holiday season, and we're going to have a lot of podcasts coming in this new year. Make sure you check out my page at Jalen Jet Turner on Instagram, at It's Jetography on TikTok, ITS Jetography. Um, that's my name for uh, photography and film. Uh, jetography you know a little creative whatever a little spin on it um, but yeah you can also see that on instagram too it's jetography i have a lot of my film and photography work on there um, that's something that i mainly do in los angeles i'm a director editor and i'm in film and photography just kind of serving wherever i can in that it's it's one of my favorite ways to connect with people and god has blessed me so much with that being my job for six and a half years in los angeles since i was 19 um, so I'm super blessed. I wasn't even good at 19. I was just obedient and trying to come out to LA because I felt like he said move and he just opened door after door and I love doing it. Um, check out generation one clips on everything at generation one clips. If you want more anointed content, more amazing people, um, check it, check it out. It's going to bless you. And so I hope that this was helpful today in some way. Before you go, please share this with somebody. Share it with three people. Make sure somebody gets this word because it's going to change somebody's life. Even if it was something that you'd heard before, it could be something somebody else never heard before. Um, and and if even if there's one part of this that you need somebody to hear, make sure you send it to somebody. It only takes a few seconds. Um, rate this like this subscribe for more do all the things there's more content coming i love you guys and i'll see you in the next one take care